I, uh, I give a sermon, I ask God to give me ideas on how to develop a message around the Bible that you will remember. For getting in your long-term memory is not easy. It's a supernatural thing ready to get in your head. Most people, if you ask them on the way home what the sermon was about, they're not sure there was one. <laughs> they, may, they may remember Miller tried to play the guitar. And, uh, and, you know, that kind of thing. They may remember that. And you ask them, well, what was the song? Is oh, I don't know the song you sang. I mean, really, our memory is pretty poor. I think we remember about 10% of what we hear, some, some strange number. Um, and so when I do a message, I try to do something that's going to grab you. going to grab you, hopefully, by the grace of God, get inside. Once, it, once your mind opens, it can go into the, what they call the permanent memory. That's all really up to God. I only want to go in what's going to make a difference in your life. I have, uh, you and I have been commanded to be witnesses everywhere we go. And our whole life, once we get born from above, is going around inviting people to be saved. Really, that's what this thing's about. Passing tracks out, or bus ministry, door to door, wanna, jail. Anything we do and everything we go is about, it's about inviting people to trust in Christ as their Savior. And years ago, they came out with a movie uh, that had the, the, you know, did you notice all the end of the, the world makes the most, 99% of the movies are made of the world. And do you notice most of their movies are real dark? Most of their end of the world movies, I mean, they got a meteorite wiping us out. You know, they got bugs growing and eating us all. They, they, got, they got a vaccine going bad. And eating us all. That movie's called I Am Legend. And on their uh, trying to cure cancer. And so they're just always real dark. It's always like a horrible, and it makes sense to me. Now, the end of the world, you born again believers, how do you view the end of the world? God's gonna come back and straighten everything out, man. Jesus is coming. The king is coming. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's coming again. He's going to set the wrong. He's going to set the crooked path straight. He's going to make the wrongs right. And that's a day of rejoicing for people that love him. For honest hearted people that have trusted Christ their personal Savior and humbled themselves before God. Those people are glory. Now, now the people who have not done that, they're, they're, going, to, they're going to say to the, to the rocks, uh, Hide us and the mountains cover us from the face of him who sitteth on the throne. So I guess the end of the world for them is a dark, dark, dark thing. But anyways, I'm gonna play this light. I don't like these lights so bright. Can you have ability to you know how to you know how to you know how to, thank you, brother? I'm gonna lose my vision here. So I got a little I saw this when I'm getting ready to put up here, and I saw this, and I thought, this is, isn't this exactly what we do as witnesses for Christ? Isn't this what we really do as witnesses for Christ? Go ahead and run it. Okay, now run it and turn the volume way up. Do it again. 
Come with me if you want to live. Do it again, higher volume. Come with me if you want to live. How many in here saw that? Raise your hand. You've ever seen that? You know that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. You know, if a boy that big comes to you and lifts his hand out and says, Come with me if you want to live, you probably all think about it. <laughs> probably all think about it. Come with me if you want to live. But isn't that what you and I do almost every day? We're out there telling people, look, come with us if you want to live. Come with us if you want to live. John chapter 6, verse 67, 68 says, Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of life. What Jesus is saying there is he's saying, Come with me if you want to live. That's right. Come with me if you want to live. In essence, what we do when we go out and witness, we take it to somebody we maybe don't even know her, but we lift our hand out and say, come with us if you want to live. Let me, I'm giving you the, I pass out. I'm out of tracks. Oh, brother, I'm in bad shape. I'm in bad shape. Something happened. I must pass my last one out last night. I usually take a gospel track out of my pocket right here. And uh, it says, uh, Jesus uh, loves you. And I said, this is the greatest news I've ever heard in my life, the gospel on the other side of this. Basically, I'm saying, come with us if you want to live. You want to have, you want to have real life, what life's defined as? Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Isn't that what he's doing? He's lifting his hand out like old Arnold Schwarzenegger was and saying, hey, come with me if you want to live. Now, he can't give you life, old Arnold can. But we born-again Christians really mean it when we say it. Come with us if you want to live. John chapter 7, verse 37. Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Come with me if you want to live. Wasn't that really the decision you make when you got saved? Isn't that really the decision you made? You, were, you said, I'm going to go with Jesus. I'm putting, my, I'm putting my faith lock, stock, and barrel. I'm putting everything, I'm risking everything with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm going to go with him. And when I got right, when I got really right, we got 18 years old, man, I had no clue what that meant. I didn't know what life was much about for sure. But I knew I wanted to go with Jesus through life. Whatever life I had, I don't know, you don't know how long. Remember, nobody knows how long you're going to live. 18 may have been my last year on earth. But I knew one thing, I wanted to go with Jesus wherever it was. And I put my hand in his hand. If you want to live forever in heaven, you must come to Jesus and go with Jesus. For he says, where I am, there shall my servants be. My, my, and that's us, right? We're going to go where he is. Where's he at in heaven? There's a, there's a, a cult called the Jehovah Witnesses, and they, try, they, man, they twist so much stuff up. And one thing they try to say is there's no heaven. Oh, stop. Wherever, wherever, God, is, wherever God is, that is heaven. And the Bible, not only does the Bible say it, but just the logic of it all is wherever Jesus is, that's heaven. Wherever God is, that's heaven. And that's where I want to go. I want to be with him. 
I thought of a few things we go around asking people. Come with us if you want to have peace, number two. Come with us if you want to have peace. But let me tell you something. People do not have peace in the world. They're distraught. You can look it in their face. They're distraught about so many things. So many directions are they upset about and distraught about. And, and, and some, sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's fear. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 talks about the coming Messiah, by the way, 700 years before he was born. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, not a God, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace. And that's the way, come with us if you really want to have peace. And people need peace. You can't do anything without peace. You can't sleep well without peace. You can't work well without peace. We got a couple of doctors in, in, in here today, and they know without peace, people start getting anxious. And if they get anxious, they get high blood pressure. If they get anxious, they have chemical imbalances of all different kinds that happen. Their body chemistry just is all messed up. And a lot of times, I believe it eventually leads to their own death. Because they just didn't really have internal peace. But man, what will peace heal? Peace will heal a whole bunch of stuff. Being able just to have peace at night and lay my head on my pillow and being trusting God, knowing the angels of the Lord camp around about me. I can't see them, but they're there. And knowing wherever I go, God cares about me. He told me not to be troubled. John chapter 14, verse 47 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Do you believe that? I wish this was a black church. <laughs> I'll say a statement that good and everybody would be, Oh, brother, it's true. Glory to God. We'd have people standing up throwing stuff. You people are so state. I, I love you, but you bother me. It's from being up north, and you can't help where you were born. I'm not prejudiced, but I love black people. But my peace I give with you, not as the world giveth, by saying to you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. People today are afraid. They're afraid of this, afraid of that, afraid of economic collapse, afraid of the stock market crumbling, afraid of a hurricane coming, afraid of a disease wiping across the world, afraid of their neighbors, afraid of their employer, afraid of this and afraid of, afraid of their physical health. Oh, and man, when this COVID came through, it separated the men from the boys when it came to this. I got to see in Gospel Baptist who was really trusting in God and who was a scaredy cat. I'm not going to name any names now. But some of you people didn't react so good. You loved your life a little bit more than you probably should have. Brother, if you love life, love God. I didn't know this living was so good. I didn't know that. But I can tell you one thing. We're not supposed to go around biting our nails, man. That's a, test, that's a bad testimony of the world. When born-again Christians are going around going, oh, what am I going to do? I may die. 
No, you are going to die. Amen. You are going to. Now, I'm not, now, I preached a message a while ago on the horrors of death and sorrows of death encompass me. It's not a fun experience, and I don't think it's somebody, oh, boy, I get to die today. I'm not, I don't need to go around like that. I'm some crazy person. But I'm telling you, when the day comes to die, do what Joshua did. Be of a good courage. Be strong. You believe in God? Believe also in me, Jesus said. My Father's house, many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. I mean, you just, do you believe the book or don't you? Do you believe the words of Jesus or don't you? This is where the rubber meets the road, amen? Come with me, Jesus said, if you want to have peace. Come with me if you want to have life. Do you enjoy peace? you appreciate peace? you need peace? The third thing I see there is we go around telling people, come with me if you want freedom from sin and its penalty. Well, that's big. That's one of the big things we do as born-again Christians. Come with me if you want freedom. Not only do you want life, not only do you want peace, but come with me if you want freedom from sin and penalty. I hate sin. Sin destroys every good thing in my life. And I'm not blaming you, and I'm not blaming my neighbor, and I'm not blaming the next guy. I'm the problem. Sin destroys every good thing you touch, everything you handle. You'll not, you cannot be trustworthy because of sin. Sin is the destroyer. You're talking about a virus. I mean, we're talking about a disease of diseases, sin that came upon the world after the fall. Woo, my. John chapter 8, verse 36 says, The Son therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. We get to go to people and say, Freedom, you come to Jesus, you get real freedom that no dictator and no government of any kind can control. Because they can't control what goes on between me and God. They can control my body. They can control my movements. But they cannot control what goes on between me and God. Brother, I got freedom when I got saved. He set me free. Set me free from what? From the, from the penalty and the curse and the eventual uh, uh, destruction that sin has in, in, encapsulated in it. I may get happy. Set free. Set free. Wow. Spoken in Cuba. I did a lot of lobstering through the years down off of Key West, only 90 miles from Cuba. And we would find little rafts and things where Cubans would jump on little rafts and things and try to get across that, night, that treacherous 90 miles of water there. A lot of them didn't make it. What were they trying to do? They want, some, they want freedom is what they wanted. That's why they risked their life. It often impressed me at the willingness of them to risk their life for freedom. I've had freedom since I was born. I, I, I tend to take it for granted, don't you? Let's not take it for granted. Boy, if you lose it, you'll get it. You'll understand what you had, I'll tell you that. Do you have to lose it before you finally realize how valuable it is? May that not be so. How many civil wars have to be fought and have been fought to obtain freedom? I believe the worst slave master that ever was is sin. It's punishments forever. Being locked in its grip, never free, 
eventually in hell as a prisoner. People say stupidly and ignorantly, well, I want to go to hell because that's where their party's at. There's no party in hell. There's no, there's no fellowship in hell. There's no ring of, of rock and rollers that are all meeting together and talking about how wonderful their life was. They're not doing that now. If anything, hell is an isolation and pitch blackness with physical suffering of each of the Bibles and the Bible's description of it. Nobody in his right mind would want to go there. Never, ever go there. No. It's the ultimate punishment, and it's the ultimate place of no freedom. Jesus died so that you and I could be liberated from slavery and the slave master of sin. Jesus reaches his hand out to you this morning and says, Come with me if you want to be free. Come with me if you want to be free from the penalty of sin and from the mastery of sin. He holds his hand out to you, and I hope you take it. I hope you have taken it. Four areas of freedom that I want to mention this morning. Number one, there's freedom from the bondage of sin. 2 Timothy 2, verse 26. And they that have recovered themselves out of the snare of the devil have been taken captive by him and his will. Sin, I used to say when people begin to smoke, you, you may choose to smoke, but pretty soon smoking chooses you. Uh, I smoked the first few cigarettes, and then the cigarettes after that began to smoke me. You know what I mean? Every time I get that urge, every time I get that hunger, there's no greater power than an addiction like that. I was a slave. Boy, great. I quit a hundred times and failed. I don't know about you. Some of you may have had the same experience. Let me say this, if you can put those cigarettes down, you weren't addicted. But if you put them down, picked them up, put them down, picked them up, put them down, picked them up, put them down, picked them up a hundred times, you were addicted. That was me, man. I was a slave. I was a sissy boy. I couldn't overcome them things. They whipped me, slammed me. They pile drove me. That goes back to professional wrestling for you that may not know that term. They did a pile drive around me in the concrete. They hurt me. Finally, one day, I just begged God, please, man, please, I'm going to quit. If i got to keep quitting a thousand times, I'm going to quit. And he answered that prayer, and he released me. Released me from, the, from that thing. That's just one thing. But he's really released me positionally from everything that would enslave me. I'm free today. I stand up to you this morning, not by works, but by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, I am a free man. Philippians 3, 13, 14, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth to those things which are before. What has he set me free from? He set me free from the bondage of sin. He set me free from the guilt of sin. You've done some bad stuff. You know it. So do I. I don't know what it is, but I'm just going to guess you've done some bad stuff. I've done some heinous. Listen. I never got up and said, oh, before I got right with God, I was a goody two-shoes. I wasn't. I was wicked. I was vile. I was trying to do every sin imaginable, every sin out in the book. I wanted to give it a shot and see what it was like. And God saved me out of a miry pit and out of a horrible pit and a miry clay, and he set my feet upon the rock and established my going. Now, I I I could dwell on those horrible things that I did before I got right with God, and they'd defeat me, and they'd pull me down and make me 
but I don't dwell on it anymore. Listen to me. We all, we all make bad decisions. We all do some things that we wish we could undo, but you can't undo them. But what you can do is move forward. Move forward. Don't let those things, don't let them take the peace of today away. That's all, that's all guilt. Now look, I'm for guilt. I think guilt's a tool of God. I think it's a great thing to get you to come to Jesus when he reaches his hand out to you. You feel like you need to be saved. Part of that's a guilt thing. And you come to him and take his hand and be saved by simple childlike faith. Nothing wrong with guilt. But the kind of guilt that God puts out to you is not the same kind of guilt that the devil does. The guilt the devil does is just to destroy you, just to beat you down into the ground, just to take all your holy energy away from you. But the, the guilt of God is to release you, to cause you to turn away from it, to be free. That's a different, completely different angle the guilt is. But uh, forget those things that you're behind. Reach forth on things which are before. We get freedom from the futility of sin too. I like in Psalm 144, it says, Man is like to vanity, his days are a shadow that passeth away. Psalm 103, 15 through 16 also verifies that. Fourthly, we have freedom from restrictions of sin and full service for God. I like Romans 8, 6, 18, where it says, Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I heard an old preacher this week say, if you don't have enough faith to get you to church, I'm not sure you got enough faith to get you to heaven. You, you chew on that a little bit. If you don't have enough faith to get you to church, I'm not sure you got enough faith to get you to heaven. Now, we don't go to heaven by going to church, but we go to church because we're going to heaven. And God said to, not to forsake ourselves assembling together as the manner of some is, Amen. Church is not just, well, I take it or leave it thing. It's a command of God to do. It's a healthy thing to do. It's a good thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And I'm not telling you that because I'm a preacher. I'm telling you that because I'm a fellow believer that knows something about what God wants from you. And it takes a little bit of faith to go to church when the preacher's boring, you know, when Barrows is preaching. <laughs> Last day of vacation, Barrows. Now, if he quits, it wasn't my fault. You know. I'm telling you what. Salvation's so good, I want to pinch myself sometimes. Is this going on? I mean, is this real? Do I get to be part of this? Do I get to be part of this? Oh, Don Sis, man, 87-year-old man, been all over the world. I mean, been all over the world. 74, 55 foreign countries. Was in Japan for a number of years. Established one of the biggest churches in Japan. And I'm going to tell you what, that old boy, he's got a good attitude about life. His wife died here a while back. And, you know, he's missing her. I call him and he cries. And he says, man, every night I come home, it's so hard. She's not there. It'd have to be. It'd have to be. But he said, I'm looking forward to seeing her. Boy, what a reunion we're going to have when we get to see Jesus again. We get to step out there and see our loved one again. But not the loved one the way they went all weak and mangled by, by physical trouble. The loved one that's got a body like Jesus' body, which is called a glorious body. Come with me 
if you want to be free. Free to live, free to have peace, free to have freedom. Lastly, come with me if you want to have joy. Out of all the things I could have said, why did I pick joy? Well, you know, J-O-Y, Jesus, others, and you. Notice the order. This is junior church now. Jesus, number one. Others, number two. You, number three. What's our order? Me, me, and me. But if you get a dose of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I know that's not good theology, but if you get an old dose of Jesus Christ, you're going to want to put him first. And then you're going to want to start putting other people ahead of yourself. And you're going to care about other people. And you're going to be looking for opportunities to help other folks. And your eyes will be lifted up to the fields rather than down upon your own stuff. Your eyes will begin to lift up under the fields which are white unto harvest. The opportunities are many to help other people. And so you get Jesus, you put others, and then you, and I can guarantee you something, that you're going to walk around. Now, joy is not happiness. Joy does not have the giggles. Happiness has giggles. Happiness depends on happenings. Happenings come and go. Today may be sunny, tomorrow may be rain. You know, today I feel good, tomorrow may not feel good. Tomorrow, things may go good business-wise for me one day, but they may go bad the next day. So your happiness is going to go like this. Joy don't work that way. Joy goes like this. The closer you get to Jesus, the more joy you get. That's why people my age are so joy. We have deep joy, long joy, enduring joy, joy burnt in us by that. Because through the troubles, through it, oh, I want to sing right now. Through it all, we've learned to trust in Jesus. We've learned to trust in God. And that brings more joy. And every time you have a trouble happen to you, you trust in God, and it brings a little bit more joy. And every time you have more, you have another trouble. Because, you know, you ain't going to get just one, amen. You're going to get a bunch of troubles. If this is a black church, they say, oh, yeah, brother, I got, I've had my troubles. I'm telling you, I just may resign and go to a black church. And You guys better start talking to me. If you think this is easy, try to get up here and do this. I mean, especially when I got to look at you. I mean, some of you, I mean, no offense, man. You are so wonderful of people. But joy, 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 down in my heart, down in my heart, down in my heart. I got the joy. I got the peace of pastor's understanding, and I have the joy of God down in my heart. Come with me. We go to somebody that's out there messing in this world without hope, uh, without God, without hope in the world. The Bible says, and we, look, we put our hand out to him and says, come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want peace. Come with me if you want freedom. Come with me if you want joy. Now, who would turn that down? I am... The biggest thing in my Christian life that I'm stunned about is how few people trust Christ as their Savior. It is a free gift of eternal life with way more than what I mentioned this morning 
and you turn it down? It's crazy. Crazy. I think when you make an invitation at a group of unsaved people, they'd all go forward and say, I want it, man, I want it. I remember when Nick said he wanted it. That was a good day. It's a good day tomorrow when he got saved. It's a good day when Tom got saved. It's a big day when Jama got saved, I tell you, from where she came from. Jesus, others, and you. I hope you got it. I hope you got it. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to shock you with Arnold Schwarzenegger this morning. But I hope you got it. I hope that image is in your head a little bit. I'm going to quit with this one quick illustration. Years and years ago, here's how, how many years ago, Brother Bill, thank you for asking. I was 21 years old. I was at Fort Myers Beach. I lived on Fort Myers Beach, and I went to a little church called Calvary Baptist Church. It no longer is there. There's a shell station there. And this little church at Calvary Baptist had about 25 folks, and it was, it was at the early development of Shell Point Village. Shell Point Village was very, very early developing. And the missionary, Christian Missionary Alliance bought that peninsula called where Shell, Village, Shell Point Village is. And they bought it for their retiring missionaries. Missionaries all over the world were retiring and they were, they were broke. They were broke. They had no savings. Let me just tell you, what, what did, why didn't they? They invested everything they had for God. I can't tell you the honor it was to be around them. And I got to know a few of them. One of them was Brother Barnett, and he had been 46 years in China without a furlough. Not one time did he get to go home. He spoke fluent Chinese, of course, Mandarin Chinese, to the place where he forgot English, forgot how to speak English. It scared him. So he got the King James Bible and he read it. The month of January, every year he read the whole Bible. He read the Bible through in a, in a month. And he read the Bible through in a month, so it restored his English. And he was from England, so he was English, King James, and it just worked out good. Well, I would go to the old boy, and he was 92 years old when I met him, and he was bent over from osteoporosis, and he had a little cane, and he walked kind of like this, and his neck wouldn't go all the way up, you know. He'd walk like this, and he, did, he had about two teeth left. No dentist in China much. No health care in China much. And he, was, he and his wife were both there, and he planted a little garden, and in Shell Point they let you have a little plot of land so you could plant a garden, because in China, everybody has a garden, because that's the way you eat, at least back then. And so he had this little garden, and he planted it. Man, he, could, he knew how to grow stuff. I got around him, and I just would get around him. I didn't even know what he must say, and he just talked. He was, I, I can only tell you the experience was when I left him, I felt washed. I felt clean. I felt something I never felt anywhere, anytime. He was, the characteristic he had was joy. He'd giggle almost, and I know that's happiness. I told you that, but don't call me on it. But he'd, 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 <laughs> that was 
it's good, brother. I'm so glad to see you. I'm glad you came with me. Would you like to pray? When he prayed, he felt like he entered into the throne room of God. But it was a simple prayer. It wasn't majestic prayer. It wasn't vocabulary. It surprised you. He could barely speak. He didn't speak English all that well. He went around telling people for 46 years in China, come with me if you want to live. You can't lose by serving God. You can't lose by serving God. What that taught me was serving God is the way to go. I said to my wife, I want to be like Brother Barnett. Now, I haven't attained that, but I want to be like that. I want to be like Brother Barnett. I want to be like some of them other folks I saw at Shell Point Village back then. I said, God, that's what it means to be a Christian. Man, that's what I want. I want to have it. And God says, the Lord Jesus, as it were, reaches his hand down to you this morning and says, come with me. Come with me. And you're sitting back going, I don't know. You will not be upset if you put your hand in Jesus Christ's hand. By faith. If you'll say, Lord Jesus, I take you as my personal Savior. I believe you you were God's son. I believe you you died on old Calvary, shed your blood for my sin, and that you were resurrected to seal it as God's only son and only sacrifice that ever will or ever has come. And I want you now. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on, let me stand. Didn't that song come to you? And somebody ought to sing as a special. May God help us to reach down and take Jesus. Father, help us this morning. Uh, I feel so inadequate to even stand before these folks. And actually, that's true. My adequacy does not come from me, but from you. I'm small, but you're big. I'm nothing, but you're everything. Father, do do a work now in the hearts of these dear folks. There may be some out here without Christ, their personal Savior. They've been, they've been wandering around looking at, but they have never trusted you as Savior. May today be the day they pull the trigger. Getting saved isn't by osmosis. You don't get saved by hanging around people, reading your Bible, going to church. You really don't. You, you hear about Jesus in those ways. And, but unless the Bible says to as many as received him, to them give you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. You've got to actually pull the trigger. There's got to be a day where you went to Jesus one-to-one and said, Lord God, I am a sinner unable to save myself, and I believe you're the Lord. It came. You're the Son of God. Christ, the Son of God. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. He'll do all those things. Help him, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 
1285. Thank you and God bless.